Welcome back to The Motion Picture, a podcast about the worst sequels that anyone could ever think up. I, yeah, that's pretty much, that sums it up, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good tagline, yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, my name is Matt Hopkins, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Michael Trinko. Hey, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? Uh, well, a little bit um, confused after the movie we just watched, which was Coyote Ugly. It is mind-bending. <laughs> it's, it's a real time capsule, isn't it? Like a real, um, yeah. a real blast from the past, from the year 2000, which is when it was released. Yeah, it's, it's drenched in 90s, though. It is, isn't it? Yeah. I guess because it was probably would have been like produced in the 90s or at the very least written in the 90s. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. I certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, Michael, please read me the synopsis for this film. So, Coyote Ugly, an aspiring songwriter in New York, ends up working at a bar full of gorgeous women. While she forms a bond with them, she falls in love with a music producer and pursues her passion for music. Okay. Yeah. Music producer. Yeah, which uh, now that I'm reading that, that's not right. That's that's not what he was at all. That's not it at all. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there you go. Anyway, that's the internet for you, I guess. <laughs> um, as always, though, I, I like to like try to find a, a way of, uh, you know, how would you explain this film to a friend, mm. right? Because like no one ever reads a synopsis when no. they say like, you know, what do you think of that film, man? Um, I found a line by uh, a review that the New York Times did, which I think sums up Coyote Ugly pretty well. Um, it's just, it's one line, just says, supermodel barmaids in East Village, lame softcore porn, director's cut has more of it. <laughs> wow, okay. That was it, yeah. Wow, more porn in the director's cut, they reckon. I gotta say, that's actually more accurate than the official synopsis that we got as well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. Yeah. Um, unreal. So, um, yeah, the, the movie kicks off with um, the small town. Uh, I think it's in it's Jersey, right? Jersey. We're yeah, we're in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, like you know, pretty stock standard stuff, right? Like mm. we have an aspiring something who wants to make it in the big city, <laughs> and they're leaving their small town. So, all right, no surprises there. We're all good. We, we uh, met with uh, the main character, Violet, mm-hmm. uh, who's played by Piper Parabo. Yeah, that's, I was going to ask who that was. And, and I don't think... Did she do anything else? Look, I have no idea if I'm pronouncing her name right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of curious because when we watched this again, uh, I was like, she looks super familiar. Mm. But... Like, Coyote Ugly is the only thing I can think of her from. And just, like, looking at her credits, I mean, she's done, like, Cheaper by the Dozen and a few other films that, okay. uh, you know, to varying degrees of success, I imagine. But, uh, yeah, no, maybe maybe she felt that, uh, you know, how do you cap- like capitalize a... How do you, how do you, you know, top Coyote Ugly? How do you top Coyote Ugly? Yeah. What, um, a, what a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite a journey. But um, we, we start with, uh, with Violet. She's working in a pizza place in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a place, uh, and I'm sure I'm going to pronounce this wrong as well, South Amboy. South Amboy in New Jersey. Couldn't tell you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> the only reason I specifically looked that up is because of something that happens later on, which I'll, I'll get to. But right. um, she, uh, yeah, the, the owner, she serves her last slice. Uh, hey, the, forget about the, it. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the owner makes a like uh, sign a slip, and then says something to the effect of like, um, you know, she's here's the first autograph. Like she's gonna go and become a big singer songwriter in in New York, and um, you know, this is the first autograph before she gets famous. And he pins it up on the wall in the pizzeria, and then says like, "That's twenty years of of." Girls leaving this town. Yes, I'm glad you you mentioned that because right. that's such a weird thing to say. Yeah, right. Like, like, what are your thoughts on that? Because I mean, I had like a when it happened, I was like, it's kind of strange. Like, is this the only place for young women to work in this yeah. place? Like, <laughs> yeah. you if you're a woman in South Amboy, you work in the pizza place. Yeah, and if you decide to not work in the pizza place, you're off to become like a star in New York. Yeah, hundred percent. There's yeah. nowhere else for them to work. They just work there and then they fuck right off. <laughs> to pursue some kind of dream, yeah. and then you get plastered on the wall, yeah, like a like a wall of shame. 
it's it's pretty odd. But uh, anyway, you know, so we got uh, Violet. Yeah, she seems like a, a good egg. She's mm. nice. She's kind. Um, uh, she's got a bit of a wet blanket for a dad, though. Yeah, played by John Goodman. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't take care of himself or can't take care of himself or he doesn't like vitamins for some reason. He's like a he's like an enormous toddler. He is, is. the impression that I get. Because not only does he eat like an ungodly amount of junk food um, and like fast food and stuff, he can't, he can't, they don't, they really explain it, but he can't do his own laundry. Yeah. It, like, it doesn't seem like we are supposed to, you know, I don't know. It's not like he's gone through some sort of hardship. He no. just, just seems like he's just lazy. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to borrow it. But, uh, and he's also like completely unsupportive of his daughter moving to New York. Yeah. He, like, it's a really weird. I guess farewell. she alludes to the fact that, like, you don't want me to go because you can't take care of yourself, which is, I mean, it seems to me that's a very true point to make. The dude can't take care of himself. Can't seem to use a clothes dryer. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. I think he just, like, he wears clothes until they're no longer classified as clothes and then just buys <laughs> new clothes. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, that's one way to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know how effective that is, but... Um, <laughs> There's also no uh, sort of explanation as to like where the mum is. Uh, is she alive? Is she? Are they divorced? Yeah. All you really know about her is that she was a singer as well, and she suffered from the stage fright that plagues our young Violet <laughs> as well. The hereditary I, stage fright. That's. I imagine that the mother was also a former employee of the one pizza place. Oh, she's on the and wall. She, yeah, she's got to be on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> she's on the wall. Um. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. They, they don't, I mean, I guess they, they make it pretty obvious that, you know, she's not in their lives anymore, but whether it's because she just left or, she, I, I mean, I'm assuming she's dead. The way they talk about it, I assume she's dead. Yeah. yeah. From stage fright. <laughs> she, <laughs> she died from a horrible case of stage fright. She actually got frightened on stage. Yeah. And yeah. had a heart attack, died. John Goodman now has PTSD. <laughs> Yeah. And Whoa. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm looking at this through a whole new lens now. You've got to look at this like it's been written and directed by like Darren Aronofsky <laughs> and Charlie Kaufman. Like we're going real deep. Oh shit, man. Yeah. It's got yeah, this got um this got sad. Well, okay, let me pick you back up though, because okay. while that is all very sad and depressing, we do have two versions of the song I Will Survive in the space of like ten minutes yeah. though. <laughs> yeah. So We do. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um well, yeah, one one was um, closer to the original. Another one uh, was with like male singers. It sounded like they were male singers. It was yeah. Cause or did they, I make that up? They, well, no, you're right because like they get up on stage, like the, the all the it seems like all the young girls uh, are all friends, hmm. and they farewell uh, Violet uh, by singing "I Will Survive" at karaoke, which is like the original yep. song. Yeah, and then yeah, then there's like a shot of like her them driving to uh, her, her friend drives Violet to New York City to what sounds like Nick Cave doing a somber version of I Will Survive or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they uh, she's moving to this cheap apartment in Chinatown where a man just throws fish on the ground for some reason. And um, <laughs> the friend is, like, tearing up. Like, it's it's effectively... Like, they, they sort of look at New York and specifically, like, where she's moving into, like, it is a different country. Yeah. It's, like, totally like, just, alien. I mean, I don't know the US is that well, but... I. I my understanding is that New Jersey is not that far from New York. Boy, I'm glad you said that, Matt. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, so the reason I wanted to find out where they where she was originally, which I believe is South Amboy, New Jersey, yeah. and she's moved to Chinatown in New York, which seems to actually be like the name of the area, like you know. So for starters, um, I just searched New Jersey to New York, driving how long? Mm-hmm. One hour, 33 minutes. Wow, okay. Right? So it's like a trip to uh, Newcastle. Yeah, you drive for an hour and 30 minutes in Sydney. You go through like maybe half a suburb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but in like America, it's like you've basically just left the planet. Like, yeah, yeah it's, it's like, well, you're going, to, you're going over an hour away. We'll never see each other again. <laughs> like, that's just it. But I went further. Um, and I was all right. So an hour and a half is sort of like, yeah, okay. It's, it's like an inconvenience. Uh, South Amboy, New Jersey, where she grew up in that pizza shop, to Chinatown, where they you know, keep their fish on the floor. <laughs> 39 minutes. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. You could spit on it from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is no reason to cry. 
I think this is obviously a big culture thing. I mean, it must be. Yeah, yeah people in America are listening is like, I wouldn't travel thirty nine minutes to visit my mother. Like, <laughs> thirty nine minutes here is like, it takes me thirty nine minutes to get to the like my car parked at yeah. the front of your house. Yeah, it takes me thirty nine minutes on the light rail to get to work. Yeah, you know, like, and that's just one way. Yeah, exactly <laughs> for the day. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so the total yeah um, detachment from travel times aside, the friend drops her off. She freezes some folding money in her freezer. Mm. Uh, Freezing her assets, I believe they say. Yes. Yeah, very uh, clever. Yeah, and it's, it's that sort of biting comedy that we see for the next hundred and so minutes. <laughs> um, we then go through like a, a sort of a kind of like montage, I guess, of her you know diving right into it, going around to mm. music execs and labels and stuff, and trying to get an appointment or like just drop off music and stuff because she's you know trying to get her name out and get a bit of a start um for whatever reason i mean she obviously only gets to the front door so she's dealing with like receptionists and and stuff like that everyone total asshole just like super surly um and they all like like she just asked like i'd like to speak with someone about getting my music listened to or you know something sort of benign for whatever reason these receptionists just immediately then just dump their purse out and like give them their whole life story while answering phone calls at yeah, the same time. An and incredible amount of sass. Oh man, just a lot of repressed rage is, is happening <laughs> there. Um, and, and then this sort of is like, you know, is culminated when she goes to another bar where some surly failed sax player turned bartender with a horrible 90s haircut. Yeah, he's, he looks, he's got the same haircut I had in, you know, from... Uh, Year seven through to year nine. Yeah. And I, every every guy I went to school with had that haircut. Everyone had it at some point. Yeah. You just sort of, you found gel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that was it. Yeah. Just, yeah, you realized you could just stick as much as possible in your hair. Yeah, um, but only for the front. Only the fringe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. not animals. I remember um, going into the hairdresser when I was a kid and they asked what I wanted and I said, um, just short so I can spike it at the front. <laughs> Were you wearing your SMP fabric belt as well? Fucking yes, I was. All right. Well, I did have an SMP fabric belt. Yeah, I yeah. did. I think it was just standard <laughs> issue for like teens during uh, like yeah. our upbringing. Man, do you remember? I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I'm having, I'm having a real moment. <laughs> There's a movie in those belts. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, um, I remember someone wore a shirt to Mufti Day, the SMP one with on the back had all of the different like possibilities for what SMP could stand for. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, I just remember reading the back of that shirt and going, man, this is so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> it was like sex, money, power. <laughs> like, just the dumbest shit. Oh, yeah. Just arbitrary words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to SMP? Do you think they're still around? Uh, I mean, how far can you go with just like every word that begins with three letters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you go. Yeah. It's a very good point. Sorry. I. Um... No, I think it's a, it's a good segue in, into uh, the next part in the plot because yeah. speaking of classic Australian culture, mm. um, the surly sax player mm. uh, then uh, introduces Australian actor Adam Garcia yeah. onto the scene. There he is, the big man. Yeah, and so our protagonist Violet and uh, Adam Garcia, he, he plays Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he pretends to be a big music producer. Uh-huh. Um, he, she goes and like approaches him and is like, listen to my music and I want to be a star. And then he just sort of like exploits the situation to get a date out of her. Then a large greasy man from the kitchen yells at him and he's exposed... <laughs> It's uh, the fry cookies. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and then, then you know she's embarrassed and just storms off in the middle of the night into New York, where there's apparently no one else on the street. Um, is followed by Adam Garcia for twenty something blocks, I think he says, mm. which is kind of it's a lot, a little terrifying. Yeah, it's very. Um, I mean, you'd call the cops if that happens. I mean, I'd call the cops if someone followed me for twenty seven blocks. Yeah. I don't think I'd walk twenty seven blocks anywhere, to be quite honest with you. Probably take you about. 39 minutes, which is funnily enough, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the wow. time it would take to drive back to South Amboy. Horrible time management, this woman. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. It, she's still using tapes. It's 2000. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, Have you heard of a little thing called the compact disc? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, at least put it onto like you know, MP3 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, and like all uh, you know, Australians in like 90s films, I know there's 2000s, but it's, it's specifically mentioned. 
that he's Australian. Yeah, within like 30 seconds of him talking. Yeah, we wouldn't want to terrify the American yeah. audience um, with this man with a strange accent. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like, you, could, you could picture it like, oh man, people are going to be wondering who the hell this... What's that accent? Yeah. And then the fry cook says, Yo, this isn't Australia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, about yeah. to fire you. <laughs> it is like the first thing he says. And it has nothing to do with it. I'm no. Just, maybe they were worried that like Adam was going to speak in his native Australian tongue and, and American audiences were going to go like... What part of Britain is this man yeah. from? Um, and for some reason, it was important that he was known. It was you know he's from Australia. Mm, mm. But now, okay, now we can start getting to the meaty part. This is my favorite part: the diner scene, because uh, at this point, she's uh, Violet's been turned down by a bunch of assholes. Um, someone's robbed her house and taken her frozen assets mm-hmm. out of the freezer, but also just like threw all the food in the floor from the fridge. They really ransacked the place. It was like the loudest robbery possible, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but and so she, you know, now that she has no money, uh, no, you know, all her perishable goods are gone. She goes down <laughs> to some greasy diner, which is like you know a shitty looking place, but inhabited by like three beautiful supermodels who are just hanging out, like all dressed up. Uh, just handing over wads of cash to each other from this mystery job that they have. Mm-hmm. The the guy who works behind the diner, he's you know he's you know surprisingly super lovely and helpful and things like that. Um, and uh, we start to sort of realize that these girls are coyotes. Yeah, yeah. What is a coyote? You what are? is a coyote? Yeah. Right, because the, all we get so far is a, a matchbox that just says "coyote ugly" on it. Yeah. Um, and then we have a, a brief appearance by Tyra Banks mm-hmm. in which she takes a bottle of tomato sauce off uh, another table and then dances because a song comes on. She's yeah. so crazy. Um, and, Girl, uh, you're crazy. So I think someone says that as well. I think she Girl, does. you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. If not, I feel like I just sort of auto-completed like, the general <laughs> vibe of the film at that point. Yeah. Um, so uh, the whole thing seems like a bit sus. Like when you really watch it, mm. it like with a fine-tooth comb... The whole situation feels like a plot to kidnap Violet, but actually it just turns out to be just a random occurrence. Like, yeah. everyone actually is just nice and Tyra loves to dance with ketchup. Um, and they have <laughs> and a lot of cash. who can blame her? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, given this, uh, she has the matchbox. She goes down to the Coyote Ugly pub. Uh, sorry, bar, I should say. Bar, yeah. We yeah. are in America. Show my uh, my location. Um <laughs> Uh, she's met with the, uh, you know, the, the rough around the edges of Lil, who's the owner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she basically seeks some sort of job interview for a job there, which consists of Lil asking to check for track marks and then says, you're hired. Um, and then she's basically like given an audition. She says it's referred to as an audition. Mm. Uh, so she turns up to the first day of the job. Um, the bouncer who's, you know, again, surprisingly lovely guy, um, Asks for ID as she walks in the door. Violet says, ah, it's my first day of work. And you go, oh, head on in. Yeah. No yeah, problem. Just, no, no. Um, Never seen you before. Not going to look it up on a book or anything. No, nah, just go on in. Yeah. It's fine. Place is ram-packed. Like, she can't move more than three feet. Yeah. But just, you're good. Just, that's fine. No one lies in this part of the, of the city. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the bar is, like, over the top rammed. Mm. Like... It's, it's going off. Yeah. Like, wildly. It's nuts. Yeah. It just seems that, like... There's a lot of health and safety being violated here. Yeah, oh yeah. But whatever. There's there's a lot of people there. It's all good. Uh, a lot of just like general like Hollywood movie bar wank jargon. Yeah. You know, like no one yeah. just orders a drink. Like no one says like, ah, I'll have like a beer and a you know, vodka tonic or something like that. Yeah. It's all like, give me a sly back on the flip side and give me the cringe <laughs> with like a... Like yeah, just yeah, stuff yeah. that no one ever says. You know, no. it's like speakeasy jargon that is yeah. just like well gone. Um, anyway, the place is a goddamn circus. It's just like mayhem. People are just throwing shots at each other. Like liquor is poured like it's free. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just mayhem. The entire pub seems to be one huge bar line. Yeah, I I noticed that as well. I'm like, what what do you do in this bar if you're not lining up for a drink? Because it looks like that's all they do. Yeah. And then every now and then the girls get up and do a dance on the table, which is very unsafe, mind you. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I mean, this is nitpicky. I know this is a film, but <laughs> whenever they get up, the bar is spotless. Yeah. The, spot, the spotless bar, not wet at all. It seems to be because the only drink they will serve anyone, which for a start, the, like, can you imagine going to any bar or pub and being like, hey, can I have this beverage? And they go, no. 
Yeah, because <laughs> they do that in this movie. Yeah, they're they like, do. I'd like a glass of water and like uh, three beers, and they get berated for ordering something so pedestrian. <laughs> um, and so everything has to be shots, and then you fuck off. And by the time you get to the back of the bar line, you're thirsty again, so you just line up. Yeah, it's just a it's just a cycle. Maybe that's how it's um, you know maybe that's how they make their money. I guess so. just you know it's just a cycle of lining up for a drink. I mean, there are definitely bars in Sydney that are like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe this is a deep commentary on, yeah, on drinking bar culture. Scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, real thesis stuff there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so look, like uh, it's all very clumsy and awkward. And, uh, we meet the characters that we saw in the diner beforehand, and everyone's very sexy and fun, uh, <laughs> and everyone's just pouring shots. So like the you know whatever the things are just going on. Everyone's throwing money at the bartenders. They get up and do sexy dance. And how? Um, Violet is all repressed and innocent, so she's like she fails and she's awkward and clumsy. Uh, and then a bloody uh, a fight starts mm. uh, between these two drunken idiots. Is one of them the um, the dad from Home Alone? Oh, I didn't notice. He looks like the dad from Home Alone. I don't. I don't know if it is, but that's who I thought. For the of. sake of this, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> Great. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. I guy. like to think yeah. that they exist. The movies exist in the same universe. Yeah. No wonder that poor child was left alone all the time. <laughs> His father's out bloody womanizing and drinking and yeah. dive bars. Yeah. Jesus. Um. But uh, yeah. So the the dad from Home Alone and some other guy get into a fight. <laughs> Uh, and and somehow Violet manages to redeem herself to Lil, the owner of Coyote Ugly, by doing something I've never seen happen before in a bar between when there's like a drunken fight that breaks out. She uses logic, reason, and you know her words yeah, to stop the fight. Yeah, and a bit of money. Yeah. All right, so yeah, that's fine. Like she's she's put her thumb on the scale a little bit, but like she stops <laughs> the fight from happening. Yeah. And Lil's like, ah, oh, I like the way you give people money. I'll give you another go. Yeah. So she gets another <laughs> another chance. Another shot. Another crack yeah. at the uh, the old bar dance bar. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So now, like, yeah, I'm I'm going to go into a bit of detail and to just to set up the environment right here. Yeah, right? please. So, uh, Violet's back. She's starting to feel a little more comfortable. Some some jag off at the bar, <laughs> right? Jag off. This guy just <laughs> sitting there, right? This fucking guy. He's he wants a glass of water. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 No, this isn't a parking zone. That's what they say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just using the lingo. Sass. A lot of sass. Mm. Oh boy. So what what happens? Violet has to alert. The entire crowd that someone's ordered water. Yeah, which is a thing that they seem to have, right? That's right. Very oh, important. This guy's this guy wants water. <laughs> Better fucking squirt him in the face <laughs> with the water. Yeah, and exactly right. Yeah. Service man. She sprays him in the face with the water gun. Yeah, and um, which you know he, which seems to be his weakness because he reacts. Oh yeah, like he's about to die if he <laughs> like if much more water touches him. Um, Lil, of course, is outraged by by this behavior, despite it being the only thing that she's like encouraged and taught her so far in her bar yeah. experience. Um, and uh, is the, it's actually the fire marshal. He can mm. order whatever he wants because he's the fire marshal. And for some reason, this bar just works on some weird understanding that every authority has with Lil. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also the... Um there's like that unspoken knowledge of like, oh, you just have to know who you can jibe and who you can't. Like- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and like, yeah, it's not helped that like the coworkers of Violet are like all out for her as well. They're all oh, sharks. Yeah, because yeah. she encourages it. It's just like fuck that guy. Yeah, because I think I think one of them, the the surly one, who you never really get to see much of. You just you just see her looking pissed off a lot of the time. Mm. Um, but she said. Because she would have known that it was the fire inspector, right? Like, I mean, I assume that she knew. Yeah. And she said, um, she said to Violet, "Oh, that that guy just ordered water. Well, you know what to do." So I think, yeah, I think she set her up. I, <laughs> I, think- don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! We got there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 She she's she's not pleasant. No. But you know, so like, what ends up happening is that the fire marshal lets them off with a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. Again, I'm not sure what the fine is for. I can only assume it's because the entire place is a goddamn like death trap. Yeah, which should be more than a fine, right? Like, surely that's got to be like a protocol thing where you shut it down. Then again, I don't think there's any protocols going on in that bar. Look, the like overlooking of protocols is one thing. The idea that the only thing preventing this fire marshal from really taking action was the fact that his 
bribe was that he was allowed to sit at the bar and sip on a crisp glass of water. Mmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your death trap, ladies. <laughs> He's out of there. Yeah, that's it. That He's is gone. odd to me. But anyway, so the, the there's now like a, a um, Lily's not furious at Violet for you know using water so ridiculously. She has to uh, cover the $250 fine by the end of the night or she's out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, ever the crafty uh, and cunning uh, Violet. Uh, heartthrob, Aussie heartthrob Kevin shows up at the bar. He does. Perfect timing. Yeah. Um, he offers $9 towards the fund. Yeah, very generous. Doesn't want it. Give it back. Yeah. Don't care for it. Why take the $9 when you can just sell this young man mm. to the crowd of ravenous women who inhabit <laughs> the bar? Yeah. So that's exactly what she does. Like a like a old-fashioned auction yeah. For a man. <laughs> for, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Who Who is at first like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, I don't want to be a part of this. To, ah, sexy dance. Shirt off. <laughs> sliding around the bar. Um, and But the one thing that like, actually like irked me was that like, it all goes to plan. Women are throwing money at him. Like, yeah, I want him. They're bidding for him left, right and center. The fine is $250. There is no sign of anyone slowing down in this auction. Yeah. It hits 250 bucks. Sold. Stop. Yeah. Yeah. No more yeah. money. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's funny. I, I noticed that as well. And this time I noticed that um, he says he says that the blonde would have gone to 275 Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, maybe she would have. She looked, she looked like she really wanted it. That, yeah, there was a lot of just spare cash around this place. So uh, were, like, were they there just on the off chance that a man was going <laughs> yeah. to be auctioned? Like, does yeah. this happen often enough that people are like, maybe? It's a real staple of New York nightlife, I hear. It's but just auctioning off men on the bar. We have meat trays <laughs> in RSLs. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, New York bars just sell Australian men. Oh, barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> barbaric. Um, here's a question for you. So, the, the one that wins looks like she's a well-to-do... Um, you know, office working woman. She's yep. wearing, I think she was wearing like a blazer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so you see he, um, he comes out after the shift. Yeah. And is and saying, you know, oh, like rattles off all these facts about this woman. <laughs> what mean- did they do, do you think? Do you think it was like, like what's, when, because they didn't really, I guess they said it's a night with this man. But like, do you think they fucked or do you think they just talked? I, yeah, because it's, I, I'm glad you said that because I did notice as well, like, she leaves the bar and he's just there. Mm. Uh, there's no sort of idea of how much time has passed since he's been sold mm. and like the shift <laughs> has ended. But he, yeah, you're right. He just like approaches her, gives her this like weird FBI profile rundown of the <laughs> yeah. woman he was sold to. Yeah. She enjoys jazz and opera and is married and has five children and blah. Like he, he somehow gets all of this information, yeah. possibly part of the $250 package. Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, it, like it's not sort of clear. Like, were mm. they at the bar or did they immediately go home? She was like, here's the back of my baseball card. Let's fuck. <laughs> and then he was just given the boot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd, just say, I'd like a backstory there. I think that, like yeah, a, there's, a spin-off there's a spin off. There's a spin off. Yeah. Yeah. The life of that woman. <laughs> Coyote Ugly 2, mm. Kevin's Revenge. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay. So. We've uh, we've we've you know we've established her at the bar. She's now becoming like a uh, a bit more you know comfortable there. Starting to open up a bit more. Yeah. You know, getting a bit more New York attitude. I guess maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know how she walks out of like her second or third shift or something with like a wad full. It looks like she's just got a handful of one dollar notes, and the security guard <laughs> yeah. goes, "You're rich, Jersey." Yeah, <laughs> she's got like seven bucks. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which she's just like flagrantly just flaunting in the yeah. middle of the street in the middle of the night. Don't do that in, in New York. In a strange place. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, so the shifts are all going fine and everything like that until for whatever reason, one particular shift, which goes quite awry, uh, the cops show up to like a completely overcrowded venue. Uh, the response from the two police officers seems to be like, hey, you can't have this many people in the <laughs> venue. Ah, jeez. Um, Michael Bay plays a photographer for a tabloid in yeah, this particular scene. Very strange. Yeah, it's it just sort of adds to the to the the vibe of this particular night, I guess. But uh, two two of the girls from the the bar, the two of the coyotes are abducted by the crowd. Yeah. Um and then like the bouncer gets in a pro- brawl with some customers. Um thankfully, Violet saves the day with the power of song. 
Yes, I, you know it's funny. I wrote the power, power of song, song. Well. Yeah. <laughs> and and what a power, man! Like she, um, because everything's going crazy. Like there are people like belting each other. Yeah, yeah they're like yeah, <laughs> getting very handsy with the women. Yeah, uh, yeah, just uh, the place is getting torn apart. So what does she do? Picks up the microphone, baby. Which Sing is along with the jukebox. The microphone, which is readily available <laughs> yeah. and is never seen prior because they all use a bullhorn to talk to the crowd. Yeah, that's... I was going to say that as well. Like, why use the horn thing? Maybe maybe it's a gimmick. Maybe it's maybe the horn's a gimmick. The microphone is only for song. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the rules. Yeah, that's some... Uh, there's some symbolism in there that yeah. you could put in your year 12 HSC. Oh, 100%. English... Um, what do you call it? Exam? Exam? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's roll with that. <laughs> um, but uh, look, thanks to the power of song, mm-hmm. uh, well, which is actually really just the power of karaoke, um, <laughs> um, everyone just stops abducting, you know, the, the sexual assault stops. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bay is like content with the photo he has, the, the, the uh, bouncer stops fighting, and the cops just basically come back in, they're just like, God, oh, geez, all right, Lil. <laughs> a one more drink and then that, you know, it shows over <laughs> and it's fine. Like, there's just no problem. Yeah. Like, it's the most amazing bar I've ever sort of witnessed <laughs> it's, it's, as someone who used to work in like bars as well. Yeah, it is a fantastic place. It's <laughs> Coyote Ugly. <laughs> the titular Coyote Ugly. Man, is it a hoot? Oh, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. It, it seems, I mean, in the, in, the, in the vein of the movie, it's like a, it's meant to be a good positive scene though, mm. right? Because at the end of it as well, Lil's like, makes her an official coyote. Yeah. Which she says, you're now a coyote like five nights a week. Which is in the film, great. I was terrified by that. You know how exhausting it would be working oh, in a goddamn yeah. place like that? 100%. Yep. Yeah, that'd be... Yeah. No, thank you. Too much. Not for me. No. Um, we then start to... I mean, the, the film is quite slow in terms of like getting all this established and stuff like that. A lot of little weird details. Mm. Um, finally, we start getting into the real juicy bits. Finally, for after all this happens, we finally get the first scene of Violet randomly singing on top of the roof um, with multiple instruments all hooked up, yeah. ready to go. It's all sweet. Um, this this sort of thing happens throughout the film at various stages of Violet's life. Um, this one was particularly fun because she spots a fellow neighbor dancing in their room to hip hop or something like that. Uh, which inspires her into like a song all of a sudden, which yeah. it has it feels like a big iTunes ad. Yeah, that she um, plays on her Casio, which is <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, very um, precariously rested on top of a trash can. <laughs> and she's also got a, a, a guitar slung oh, yeah. around her back, yeah. which is, I, I believe, a, a requirement for playing any sort of keyboard. She's a real songstress, this <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I assume she had like two cymbals between her knees or something as well. <laughs> A stomp box. <laughs> yeah. I, I also love that um, you just think like, it keeps cutting back to shots of the man dancing by himself in his <laughs> apartment. <laughs> you didn't have to include that. I reckon if they were going to do that, they should have just gone all out. Like have a whole bunch of windows lighting up with people just doing random artistic mm. expressions of you know painting and singing and dancing and music and stuff. But she now just that one guy. Yeah. And, for some reason, that was all the inspiration she required. And <laughs> just wrote just a song. one dude dancing to like Bomb Funk MC or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I need. <laughs> I wish they slipped that song into this right? somehow. That I, re- I feel great. like it really would have fit. I mean, we did get two versions of, um, you know, I'll, I'll Stay Alive. True, you're right. I, I will I'm... survive. <laughs> I will stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're right. I, I mean, will surviving is staying alive <laughs> by definition. So I will stay alive is the commercial <laughs> royalty free version. <laughs> um, but okay, so look, so things are things are going all right. Uh, her and uh, you know, um, Violet's sort of got a job now. Um, she's being inspired by the the neighbors and writing songs. Things with her and Kevin are going well. Mm. Um, they have coitus in front of a bunch of cardboard cutouts, including Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, Post coitus, they're both wearing uh, fitted sheets. Yeah, and she's also playing. So she's playing on her um, on her keyboard, mm. and it's like porno bass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. Down, down, down. It's like, and yeah, the word that came, the words that came into my mind was that's porno bass. Yeah, porno bass. Yeah, I, I reckon that's the probably the setting yeah. as well. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. Like, but I mean, she was inspired by the moment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess they had incredibly baby. sexy but very still sex because no one like their hair is perfect the entire oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah. None of them look like they've moved for some time. Oh no, no creases. The sheets are like freshly ironed. Yeah, yeah. It's weird what you notice when you start really paying attention <laughs> to stuff. Um, Couldn't have been very good sex. <laughs> Beautiful people don't need to have good sex. True, you're right. They're already they've they have nothing to like compensate for. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just a it's just a process. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so things are going well. Um, uh, Bill Clinton was there in cardboard form, as I said. Uh, we have a quick montage. Violet purchases a laptop, which is very exciting. Yeah, which has the <laughs> the program that that shows up for a split second. <laughs> what was is it called? called again? Hitmaster Pro oh. 3.1. <laughs> and the dude's giving her the sales pitch. Like, if you want to be a real big songwriter, you got to go with the MacBook. It's unbelievable. It's it's just also the worst sales pitch attempt as well. Like, it's exactly what you would expect it to be if someone was making fun of the sales pitch. Mm, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're all good uh, so far, but that... Fucking Michael Bay. Yeah, he's always back, baby. Oh, man. That, that photo he took, dad's found out now. Yeah. And and he's like seeing the, fo- the picture of her dancing in the bar. She's She's been a sexy person. Uh, that's no good. I'm not happy with that. <laughs> it's, um, I find it so because he's very angry at her. And at one point he says, I felt ashamed of you. And I didn't yeah. think that was possible. Like, dude, she works at a fucking bar and sometimes dances on the table. Like, yeah. you can't work a washing machine, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. You've got no... You've got no reason to be upset. The dad is a toll booth operator, and perhaps he's upset because he doesn't get to be sexy at his work. <laughs> yeah, maybe. If he could dance in front of the cars and people threw coins at him, yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what John Goodman wants. He'd be getting a couple of one, two, threes out of that. <laughs> no, you're damn right. <laughs> Probably enough to buy some new socks, I reckon, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, at the same time as, as dad finding out, though, that uh, his daughter is being sexy... Um, Violet uh, misses an opportunity to sing uh, and perform one of her songs that Kevin has arranged um, uh, which is you know there's a bit of friction there between them because you know he believes in her she won't believe in herself he loses a comic book out of this transaction for some (laughs) reason yeah he's a big comic book geek guy yeah but just for that one yeah yeah you never see any other ones do you it's the only talk he's just really horny for that one particular yeah uh which apparently is just everybody. It's a, it's a hot item because you can trade it for anything. <laughs> Including people, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess he figures I was recently sold. Yeah. And all I got was some boring details about this strange woman at a bar. I'd also like the backstory of how he got the comic. Because he, he teed it up with a man who worked in the Turkish, in the <laughs> Turkish food st- shop. Yeah. Who handed it to him like it was drugs. <laughs> like- <laughs> Their exchange is really weird. Like, there's a there's like a brief moment of like tension. Yeah. Where I sort of perked up again because you know it's very easy just to sort of drift out of this film. Mm. But yeah, they have this exchange, and I was like, wait, it's like, did I doze off? Like, is there some sort of mafia like connection? That's and but no, it's just some dude with a comic book who yeah. like likes leather. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot. That, that, yeah, that seems leather biker gene. That seems to be like his thing. He just looks tough, but he actually he's, yeah. he has slots for karaoke, and he can give you uh, a comic book for the right person for some reason. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. very odd. It's a rich tapestry. This one. It, it's quite a universe that we're yeah. thrown into here. So uh, among yeah, so as I said, we've we've sort of reached peak like Violet's happiness, but now things are starting to crumble again. Uh, in the mix, uh, I'm just going to very briefly point out that we see a very young Johnny Knoxville in the crowd at the Coyote Ugly at yeah. one point with a man with horribly bleached hair. <laughs> Who um, is my favorite. That is my favorite moment of the whole film because he sees one of the girls get up on the bar and he just screams. Yeah. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. And he's like, this is the best party I've ever been to or something like that. I, I'd love to know what he was instructed to for that particular line. <laughs> yeah. like Because knowing who Johnny Knoxville is, I wouldn't be surprised if he was supposed to have a big speaking part. Yeah, but he didn't. He just kind of grumbled and like... (laughs) He was probably just ripped. (laughs) True. (laughs) And his mate had to make up for it, so he did so by just like screaming. Um, Uh, We've all been there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we've hit uh, rock bottom. Um, Kevin shows up to the bar uh, to find a sleazy businessman dancing with Violet in the bar. They get in a fight. Mm -hmm. Um, Kicked out. 
uh, sorry, they get kicked out. Lil fixes the situation though by buying everyone in the bar a drink because yeah. of this minor scuffle. Drinks are on me. She didn't do that when the whole place was getting fucking torn apart. Yeah, including two of her workers being abducted. Yeah. <laughs> this woman's got weird priorities. She does, yeah. It's very strange. I feel like the, um, uh, the fire marshal is treated with more respect. Um, but uh, anyway, so um, uh, at this point, uh, Kevin and Violet have broken up. Violet gets fired from the bar. Uh, to which she immediately returns to the rooftop to engage in song. Um, Violet and her dad uh, then meet at a friend's wedding, mm-hmm. uh, at which, it, you, as you alluded to before, uh, the dad says that you know he was ashamed of her because she was being sexy. Um, <laughs> how dare you be sexy? Yeah, how dare you be sexy? And and he, you know, he's caught out wearing a clip-on tie and no socks, and he leaves. Yeah. <laughs> um, toddler, he, enormous toddler, a huge baby man. Yeah, yeah horrible, horrible father. <laughs> um, uh, not long after this, Dad gets hit by a car at work at the toll booth, mm-hmm. breaks a leg, uh, otherwise a couple of scuff marks, yeah. it'll all buff out, he's fine. Um, they then reconnect and like, you know, follow your dream, I care now, and you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I care now. <laughs> yeah. Dad is cool again, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, like, do your thing, the mm. nurse wants to fuck me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not so much very, works, but but like yeah, it's very briefly uh, yeah assumed that he has a new girlfriend who is the nurse, and I'm then not sure um, based on what it literally he wears Old Spice, which was a present from the nurse, and he's which back, is a baby. weird present. If you gave someone a present that was deodorant, yep, that's that's saying you stink, <laughs> like you fucking smell. I like, have unless been given deodorant as a present. Have you? It's exactly how I felt though. What do you I, mean? Well, like I got the present. And oh, I was you like, felt yeah, yeah. I stink. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, even like, I mean, spice. it's 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 funny, isn't it? Like that, um, if you give deodorant, that's that's insinuating that you smell. But if you're given like cologne, it's a nice gift. Yeah, I mean, where's col- the line? I don't get cologne. Mm. I don't Rhymes know. with alone. It's the champagne of deodorant. <laughs> really, that's all it is. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. like it's like condensed. And just in a smaller bottle, but the price is oh, astronomical. huge up there. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Matt and I don't smell, but anyway, yeah, we, we yeah. have very strong feelings about the price of, of smells. Yeah, I wear deodorant and um, every day. I, t- uh, <laughs> I apply it myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, we're not rock stars I mean, here wait, at the motion on. picture. I don't apply your deodorant. I apply my deodorant. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't want that lost in transition. Sorry, yeah, yeah. We, we each apply our own deodorant. In to our, our individual bodies. In our individual homes. Yeah. 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 All right. We've cleared that up. That, <laughs> that was the one thing I was worried about that was going to be taken away from this oh, entire yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. These two guys applied deodorant to each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah they'll, they'll put it in the tabloids. <laughs> Michael we'll Bay fucked. will get a photo of us. <laughs> um, all right. Sorry. Okay. So let's get back on track. Mm, sorry. Sorry. Okay. So dad's got a broken leg, but a brand new attitude, baby. But a healed heart. Yeah, healed heart. Mm. And uh, we also find out that the mum didn't die from a stage fright incident. Yeah. She um, she was actually really, really good. Yeah. Had their daughter said that she wanted to quit because they now have a daughter, I believe. And then the dad just didn't disagree with that. Yeah. And he blames himself for it every day. Yeah. He probably didn't have any Old Spice at the time either and <laughs> just didn't know what to do. Socks were dirty. Um, knees, weak, arms, heavy. <laughs> but um, anyway, so uh, Violet's got a new job at a diner. Little tracks are down. For whatever reason, everything's cool with them again. Come work at the Coyote Ugly again. Mm. Nah, I'm, I'm fine. Like, she's she's all good about it. But everyone's very supportive and, and friendships are just miraculously mended. Oh, yeah. Um, somehow, I, I, I'll i be honest, we were eating lunch and I also just kind of stopped paying attention for a second, but somehow Violet gets another opportunity to sing the song. Um, I can't remember how that happens. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, to um, to sing at the big finale, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember how that comes up again. Um, oh, no, she um, she wrote she wrote the song, um, the, the hit song from the hit film. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote it on her Hitmaster... <laughs> a Hitmaster Pro yep. and burned it to a CD. Yes. Showing progression from <laughs> tape to right. CD. 
and uh, and then sent it off to oh, I assume a record label or something. Oh, and then she gets the call. Remember she walks into the apartment and goes, "Ah, oh, one message in eight hours." Yeah, <laughs> how pathetic am I? That seemed really odd as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, you're right. That that is, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, and they're like, um, we'd love to hear you perform your song at um, this big center. Yes, <laughs> venue is a better word. Yeah, and it's but it's like for someone for like an, an essentially like a nobody in the industry. Yeah, it's a pretty fandangle thing. Like yeah. it's, they have pro- professional musicians there who all learn the music mm-hmm. and stuff and. Mm-hmm. She shows up and with the yeah, you know, and she's like, "Hey, I'm I'm you know I I'm singing Leanne Rhymes tonight," and um, anyway. and everyone's there. Everyone's there. Dad's there. The best friends there. All the girls from the bar are there. After a and and mind you, Violet and her dad and the and the friend all come from uh you know that other country they live in, yeah, New, New yeah. Jersey, a which whole is thirty nine minutes away. Oh Jesus! Fuck me! What a drive! Crazy. But they there's that weird scene where they go through Dad's work, the toll booth. <laughs> And they, what do they say? They say, yeah, can you give us a one, two, three for good luck? Which is just <laughs> them <laughs> flashing their lights and the like bells. Are, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's like, fucking how exciting. It's and all like the arms and stuff for the car. Like <laughs> it's, it's like the entire toll uh, strip thing just goes through some sort of like systems check. Yeah. <laughs> just lights are going on and off and it sounds like a carnival for some yeah. reason. Uh, very strange. What and there's like mess. some crazy erratic driving. Oh, yeah. She just does a couple of loops. She doesn't seem to pay the toll at any point. Oh, I think you get free free travel if, you're, um, if your dad's a toll man. Oh. Surely. I mean, I assume so, but like there's not even... I mean, maybe there's like a secret way around the toll that we didn't... Anyway, she, yeah. she pulls in front of so many different cars and lanes that I was so caught up in the action. I just didn't even realize. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, you're right. So they, they get to the they get to the uh, venue, spectacular little venue. Everyone's there. Um, as we haven't mentioned it in this, but throughout the movie, there is like one heckler all yeah, the time. Yeah, there's always a heckler, and it's just some piece of shit meathead yeah. who, like, they always have the most punchable face. Yeah, this guy just yells at her, just yeah, shake it, baby. Yeah. <laughs> With the most angry expression on his face as well. Yeah. Like, he looks so pissed off. Come on, baby, shake it! My favourite, though, is that um, John Goodman stands up and says, Hey, pinhead! Yeah. <laughs> Fucking what an insult. Pinhead! Yeah, yeah. And then bring the, that back. The, the surly uh, lady from the Coyote Ugly gives him the, oh, yeah! And just yeah. punches him in the face and... Um, on probation, apparently, as well. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. The um, Lil says to her, don't do anything, you're, on, you're still on probation. Oh, okay. So she's a naughty girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what she did. Could take a stab. Grand larceny. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I reckon at least grand larceny. At least. If she's willing to just flagrantly flog someone in public like that. <laughs> just willing to hit a man. That's the least of her concerns. Yeah, she yeah. must have felt alive after that. I bet she, yeah. <laughs> she did seem to cheer up a little bit, i got to say. Yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, so the heckler is silenced. Uh, Violet overcomes her crippling stage fright, sings the song, mm-hmm. does great. Yeah. Um, guy on the drums is wearing one of those little hats, which I I always equate with like New York cab drivers. Yeah, it's like a Chandler Bing hat. Yeah. From Friends. Yeah. Yep. There's just a particular look with those hats, isn't there? Any yeah. white person wearing one of them. Absolutely has a matching vest of some sort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so everything goes fine. But like she sings like, like what, three lines of the song? Or something. It felt like three lines. And then all of a sudden we've jumped three months into the future. Yeah. Um, to Leanne Rhymes singing the hit song Can't Fight the Moonlight. Oh, yeah. On the bar at Coyote Ugly at which um, Violet also gets up to do a duet with her, which after a... An extremely cursory Google in which I did no fact checking. <laughs> uh, found out that um, it's actually Leanne Rhymes who's dubbed over for all the singing parts. Really? Which actually means that during that scene, Leanne Rhymes is duetting with herself. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Fun little uh, wow. fun little potential facts, the truth of which I'm making no that's guarantees. A, that's a great little factoid. I yeah. like that. Um, so everyone's happy, everyone's good. Violet auctions her father to ravenous women at the bar. Um, and we finish with a slow-mo kiss between Kevin, Violet, fade to black. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. End, end movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's definitely a, um, 
It's definitely a piece for its time, you know? Yeah, it's a it, huge time capsule. Yeah, massive. Um, which, yeah, it's interesting to watch. One bit I forgot to mention um, that happens earlier in the movie. You know when um, she's like, ah, fucking uh, McDonald O'Donnell? <laughs> what's his name again? Kevin? Kevin. <laughs> O'Donnell. <laughs> no, what's his, la- <laughs> what's his last name? And they keep calling him that. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. It's Kevin, Kevin O'Donnell, I think. Yeah, O'Donnell. Um, yeah, Kevin O'Donnell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. You laugh. <laughs> you laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. But so anyway, I'm on first name basis with Kevin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like, ah, boy, he's got my fucking tapes. My ta- <laughs> he's got my tapes that I gave him. That's right. He go, uh, so she goes to visit him at the um, at the diner where where he works. Yeah. And um, goes, can I please have my tape back? And he just hands it right over. Like yeah. he just carries it around with him. I did notice that as well. He like, fucking had it <laughs> right there and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there you go. I mean, it it is a it is a cassette. True. As well, so it's not even like I guess it's not taking up a lot of room. But I I agree, it's weird though, right? Yeah. Like you just conned this poor woman the night before. You th- oh well, however long ago it was. You then followed her for 30 blocks. <laughs> yeah, which is far too long. Which is weird. And then yeah. you kept her property in the hopes that she would come back for it. Yeah. Which you obviously thought about because you kept it on your person at all times. <laughs> you sick fuck. Motherfucker. Oh, goddamn. All right. Um, I want to hear some sequels. All right. And I want to hear them now. Do you want to go first? I think you know what I. I think I need to. Yeah, do it because I'm really scared with what I've written. <laughs> I'm um, excited, and I think we need to finish on a high note. So you should definitely go after me. <laughs> Man, uh, I, mine's, um, mine's um, mine's no good. Anyway, no, 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 no. See, I look. This is I've never done anything like this before. Okay, call it inspired. Call it a recent uh, knock to the head. <laughs> it's the thing that like popped into my mind when I was like watching that film, and I was like, how? What can I do with this? Yeah. I personally was was inspired by the title track "Can't Fight the Moonlight." Great by Leanne Rhymes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Is um, she who sings it? She is who sings it in like the uh, in the real world, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it yeah. is her song. Yeah, um, but i i wanted to I wanted to pick apart that song a bit more because to me, the end of the film happens extremely abruptly. Mm. Like we go through all this like really specific detail throughout the film. Uh, and then all of a sudden, when she starts making it, everything is just like bam, bam, bam. Like, oh, yeah. and people are loving the song. Everyone's singing it, having a blast. Everyone's auctioning each other off. <laughs> yeah, everything's cool. So I was like, "There's something else going on here. There's something deeper to we to can't fight the moonlight." Okay. So I want to present to you my completely unhinged sequel idea called Coyote Ugly Two: Lunar Eclipse. Ooh. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. We pick up from Leanne Rhymes singing Can't Fight the Moonlight mm-hmm. uh, in the bar from the end of the original. Um, the crowd is cheering. Everyone's very happy. Leanne Rhymes is remunerated uh, princely sum by the owner Lil, uh, and she leaves the bar. We, uh, we, as the viewers, follow her out of the bar. Uh-huh. Everyone's still inside having a blast, doing their thing, uh, singing the song. It's stuck in their heads. They, kind of, they, love, they love this song. They yeah. can't fight the moonlight. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Leanne Rhymes, she's now out the back by herself. She pulls out a like a walkie-talkie sort of device and just says, "It's done," and is beamed away. Oh, okay. beamed away like Scotty beamed me up, beamed away. That's right. Fuck yeah, yeah. All yeah. Right. Um, okay, we cut to Leanne Rhymes arriving via beam <laughs> <laughs> to a base where Pete Evans meets her. Oh yeah, <laughs> is it done? He asks. Leanne Rhymes responds, Moon Lord, it is done. <laughs> Moon Lord, yes. Moon Lord Pete Evans laughs maniacally <laughs> as we zoom out from the base and see they are on the moon. <laughs> oh, man. Moon. <laughs> we can't fight the Moon Lord, and they've always heard it. <laughs> play it backwards or something yeah. <laughs> wait a minute um we we then through a, a a very you know clearly put together piece of script uh that there is a race of beings who evolved on the moon but they're jealous of earth's resources uh-huh. and plan to take it over uh-huh. okay. right um but due to the low gravity on the moon however the moon folk have the bone density of birds 
<laughs> so, and what they what they like in bone strength, they make up for in cunning. Ooh. Right? So, uh, Violet is actually a mole planted on Earth by the Moon Folk to, <laughs> yeah. to infiltrate the music industry. And when she finally makes it, she and Leanne Rhymes, obviously also a Moon agent, uh, <laughs> unleash the first part of the plan. A propaganda song entitled Can't Fight the Moonlight <laughs> Designed to oppress the inhabitants of Earth Into an obedient state in which they become convinced That you can't fight the moonlight Yeah, Or right. anyone who comes from the moon <laughs> Right? Yeah, it's a very clever piece of uh, psychological warfare I like that um, So, Moon Lord Pete Evans <laughs> Seizes the opportunity to invade Earth and take it over Um uh, sorry, yeah, take it over, and the, and the moon invades uh, um, on Earth. Sorry, the moon invasion arrives on Earth and begins terrorizing New York, right? Yep. Because yep. in all like good films, always New York. The world is just New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and also the concept of terror, quote unquote, is the equivalent to the mild struggles that are encountered in the first one. So it's not terror as in like the general concept of terror. It's terror like the moon folk come. And start doing things like they gentrify neighborhoods and they, they take away fish handling jobs from hot aspiring musicians and Australians. Um, and they open, uh, the most cunning thing though is that they open a rival bar across the road from Coyote Ugly called Lunar Eclipse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there's a recipe for trouble. <laughs> yeah, look out. So uh, due to everyone's subservience to the moon, uh, again, thanks to the song, because the propaganda is just ingrained in people now. Like they have no interest in fighting the moonlight or anyone associated <laughs> with it. Um, the customers begin frequenting the lunar eclipse instead of Coyote Ugly, uh-huh. okay. uh, which is obviously a problem. Uh, Lil, you know, the bar is is going broke. It's like her entire life. Um, but Lil hatches a scheme. Of course she does. Her and the coyotes do what they've always done best. Ooh. They breach health and safety codes. <laughs> But this time in the lunar eclipse disguised as employees. Uh, So, you know, exhausted from the increased Earth gravity, Moon Lord Pete Evans lashes out and starts making outlandish claims, none of which are peer-reviewed or backed by scientific method. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes, very good. Having now exposed his true self, the spell begins to break and Earth begins to take back the planet. Uh, The humans of Earth begin to trash the lunar eclipse... Um, while Lil and the Coyotes do sexy dancing. Um, the final encounter, of course, is between uh, Violet and Kevin, who, now knowing the truth about his girlfriend, um, fights her off by sexy dancing on the bar. Of course. Um, she's powerless to overcome this because of you know her low bone density. Mm-hmm. But um, she doesn't want to give in. She's worked too hard to like claim Earth, right? She's, she's worked really hard for this. Um, but really, it's over. And Leanne Rhymes knows it. Mm. So she comes in, she grabs Violet, and they make a hasty retreat back to the moon. Um, moon Lord Pete Evans has been vanquished by critical thought and <laughs> Earth gravity <laughs> and, and the coyote's flagrant disregard for venue capacities and is beamed back to the moon. <laughs> so all the moon people retreat. Yeah. Tyra Banks makes a brief appearance, oh. but again, has no impact on the plot. <laughs> we close on I Want to Be a Cowboy by Kid Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to be a cowboy, <laughs> baby. Man, that was great. That's my uh, that's my pitch. I love it. I love it so much. I, I want to sh- see it. I should also say, I forgot to mention this before we, we started the plot. One of the, my pieces of in-depth research, investigative journalism, if you will, uh-huh. for this episode, yep. was to Google Coyote Ugly 2. Oh, yeah. Which doesn't exist. Uh-huh. But uh, as of, I believe, like October this year, mm-hmm. uh, Tyra Banks has apparently indicated that they're trying to get a, a sequel or a series made. Wow, okay. So uh, I think what we should use this opportunity as is a way to pitch our ideas yeah. in the hopes of just being brought on because like, we're ready to go. Oh, yeah, we've already got the ideas. We've got two ideas. Yeah, exactly. And wait till you hear mine. I'm, I'm keen for it. I want to know how, what happens. Oh man. Okay, so um, I I can't remember if it was the last episode um, or the one before that that I said that um, not enough like boring or like not boring but like not enough just normal movies happen in space. <laughs> space opera. Yeah. So oh. I I um I took this opportunity to to set to set mine in space. Uh, so I'm glad that we both kind of have a space theme going on here. <laughs> 
Um, so anyway, mine is called Coyote Ugly 2 Space Bar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The year is 2080. Okay. Whoa, okay. The uh, the International Space Station is now like a space airport. It's like a hub right. um, for people to um to you know to come to you know come and go from Earth. Mm-hmm. Um it's also home to the best bar in the galaxy, <laughs> the space bar. <laughs> of course it's called space bar. Yeah. yeah. And there's a picture of a keyboard on the on the front and um space bar is written on the space bar. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. You see what I've done there. Yeah. So we meet a young aspiring actress um, who's leaving her home to make it in Hollywood. But Hollywood is actually now on Jupiter's moon Europa. It's called Icy Wood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So she arrives at the space station. The young actress, Betty, (laughs) uh, is amazed by the strange alien life exists. There's aliens everywhere. That's how far we've we've become... um, Yep. Or we've you know progressed. Right. Is now uh, uh, there's like there is more life in the, in the universe. Okay. And we are friends with it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um. So as she goes to board her Starliner to nice. Europa, yeah. Uh, she's mugged by a space crab, <laughs> who steals her ticket. Right. Um. And space security is staunch, man. You don't got a ticket, you don't get on. And yep. that, for some reason, they don't um, log it on computers. <laughs> so she, you know, we've gone back to a physical. Yeah, yeah okay. there was a big problem data security, and we just took many steps backwards. Right, yeah. but we can also travel through deep, vast amounts of space. Oh yeah, I mm. assume you know uh, machine learning, five uh, G. Oh yeah, all, yeah, all all gone, all that stuff. Yeah, may may just go back. Yeah, absolutely. So she uh, she goes to the space bar to drown her sorrows, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just going off. It's wild. There are aliens everywhere and everyone's having a great time. The bar is run by a green Martian woman uh, and staffed by a large fly-like creature, a sentient cloud of space dust, an eel from beyond the galaxy, and a human man who paints himself blue. (laughs) The blue man serves Betty and asks why she's so sad. She tells him about the crab mugging uh, and asks what planet he's from. And he says, oh, no, I'm just a human. I just paint myself blue to fit in with the rest of the staff. <laughs> the ex- uh, they exchange warm smiles. And he offers to let her sleep at his place until she figures out what to do. The next day, uh, he tells her that she can stay as long as she likes, um, but has to help out with money. She's like really defeated and was like, oh, okay, well, thank you um, you know, for your hospitality, blah, blah, blah. And as she's about to go... The man um, hands her a bucket of blue paint, smiles at her and says, your shift starts in an hour. Better put this on. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> so, um, so she paints herself blue and she starts working at the space bar um, and gets into all sorts of trouble because she doesn't understand like the alien etiquette or anything like that. <laughs> um, you know, they, um, like, they do like the water thing, you know, from the first movie, like the throwback. Oh. It's like a throwback to the first movie where they, you know, this guy's odd in water and then they spray him. <laughs> right. But she does that to like a, um, to like a cat-like alien who hates water and goes crazy and like eats another person in the bar, <laughs> gets into a lot of trouble. You know, that old nutshell. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she starts to get better at her job and settles in and all that sort of thing. And then learns that a big intergalactic movie director, Steven Spielberg, <laughs> <laughs> is coming to the space station in a couple of days. <laughs> Uh, the blue man helps her rehearse in the hopes that she can perform, you know, for for him while he's here. For Steven. For Steven, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the big day arrives. Steelberg comes to the bar. Betty gets up on the bar, on a, you know, you know, on a, on a whim, and then um, everyone goes silent and watches. And she recites the whole monologue about the Loch Ness monster from Napoleon Dynamite. Steelberg <laughs> <laughs> um, bursts into tears and runs out of the bar. Betty's dreams are crushed and she's just going to call her parents and, you know, try and get back to earth. Mm -hmm. Um, As she's packing her bags, she gets a knock on the door. It's Steelberg who offers her a big role in a space film. She asks why he cried when he, when she performed, um, you know, the Napoleon Dynamite thing. Mm. And he explains that Napoleon Dynamite is his favorite classic film. (laughs) And he, and she performed it so well, even better than John Heater. (laughs) And he was so moved that he had to run out. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, yeah. 
So everyone's elated with this news and they have a big space party at the bar to celebrate. The green Martian boss lady um, does the Macarena on the bar. The eel gives her a lovely necklace. The fly buzzes around the place excitedly and throws up on the jukebox when it lands. Uh, and the dust cloud just gets dirt everywhere because it's a dust cloud. <laughs> uh, Betty and the blue man kiss and he promises to join her in Icy Wood as soon as he can. Steelberg hands him a briefcase full of money and he's like, whoa, what the hell is this? Why are you giving me this money? And he says, I need my actress to be happy. And that involves you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then they all do shots and dance, and that's oh it. That's God. the film. <laughs> Icy Wood. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, big shots in, in Icy Wood and Europa. What are the odds that both of us wrote a space themed <laughs> yeah. sequel to Coyote Ugly? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that fucking insane? That's fucking bizarre. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. I, I dare say that if either of our ideas were to be made that they would absolutely both you know dazzle the eye and illuminate the mind (laughs) (laughs) wouldn't they 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 i mean that's these are thinking man movies oh 100 percent. yeah they'll be littered with all sorts of um you know thoughtful uh things yeah blue paint (laughs) blue paint (laughs) plenty of blue paint i i particularly enjoyed how the human in an attempt to fit in with the other aliens (laughs) Decide that painting himself blue is the thing that would do that. <laughs> yeah. He he is another species. Is <laughs> not enough. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> he, uh, I don't know. Everyone is just so vibrant and colourful. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's he's it's one of his own foibles. You know. He um. Yeah. No, he, you've you've written it for with you know cinematography in mind. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I see well, what you did there. 100. Uh, percent Well, that was great. That was good fun. Um, yeah. Thank you, one and all, for joining us again. Um, we now have a Facebook group page. It's yeah. just called the Motion Picture Podcast. Um, and it's a space for everyone to kind of just heckle us, but mostly. Um, but also to, you know, talk about your own sequels um, because we want to read some out um, in like our mailbag episodes when we do those. And yeah, just want, want to get everyone involved. You know, it's, it's, uh, I want it to be a community. I think yeah. that's nice. Um, so yeah, thanks for joining us. And um, we'll see you guys next time. Catch you then. Bye-bye.